Good afternoon, friends. Welcome back to another grand and glorious day of winter, the depths of winter in the best little city in America. We're going to spend the next couple hours here on the Patrick Lally Show engaged in some energetic and entertaining conversation, as always. We're going to talk about news and politics and media, sports, recreation, weather. We always talk about the weather. Uber producer Dan Peters is here today, and Dan and I will be taking you up through the next few hours to 5 o'clock. Thanks for spending some time with us today through your radio, streamed live on KSOO.com or through the new KSO mobile app available on all your platforms, Android, iOS, all of that. Get the new app. It's pretty cool. You can get notifications, news, see what I have to say. Listen live to this show at any time you want to hear KSOO, including the Main Street Cafe from 5 to 8 in the morning. Remember, you can always follow along to this show on Facebook Live or on our Twitter account at P. Lally Show and chat with us there. We always like to hear what you think, your suggestions, your comments, questions for guests, etc., etc. I'm going to have to admit something to you people right now. It's too cold. I know, even for me. No! <laughs> I know I've been the one sitting in this chair pontificating about how our forefathers, the, the pioneers, would be aghast at how weenie we've gotten during this winter, during any winter. And I meant it. I meant it. That was from the heart, Dan. I wasn't kidding. I know. It, these are heartfelt words, and, and you have been a staunch advocate for outdoor sporting activities during the winter. Yes. Get out there. Have fun. And, uh, and for the most part, I've tried to live up to that charge, if uh, purely for pride, if nothing else. Um, you know, I did it. But I cracked. I cracked this week. I, I flat out cracked. It's been entirely too cold to ride to work, for one thing. And for the most part, uh, uh, my, you know, my answer coming through the doors here at, at Results Radio the last couple of days to the did you ride to work today question has been no reason to tempt fate because it's been entirely too cold. Uh, the wind and all that. But really, I, I've, you know, I, I'm just a weenie. I just weenied out. That's all there is to it. I cracked. I weenied out. So there I was last night, about seven or so, pulled in to the nearby convenience store, you know, because I was driving, staring at the fuel needle on empty. <coughs> put that off as long. I thought I, and I, I couldn't make it anymore. The, 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 I had a low tire pressure alert. Everything's going wrong, you know. So I'm just sitting there meditating on the warmth of my heated seats and steering wheel. You even got heated seats in that thing? Wow. Yeah. I know. You <laughs> love your car. And now you're thirsty. So <laughs> You still got that figured out? No, he hasn't figured it out yet. So that's that's what happens sometimes. You're you're getting quite a show on Facebook Live as Patrick Lally now trying to ready himself and, and choke out the words that he needs to say next to explain himself for not driving his, riding his bike to work. I think there's some karma there. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, this always, I'm, I'm not going to get through this is what I'm not going to get through. 
Oh, you're gonna you're gonna need a moment or two. I am. Well, it's, why don't you tell people what's going to be on the show, Dan? Oh, I could do that because I do know that Brian Allen is going to be coming up today, and that is going to take place later on in the four o'clock hour. Oh, the common man, the Packer fan. We'll see what <laughs> we'll see if he has any thoughts on the miracle of Minneapolis or the Minneapolis miracle, whichever one he would he would choose. I don't think Green Bay needed any miracles. They just needed to get through cold weather like we've had to do to get at least to get to one Super Bowl. And they also needed a a, a big pass by Brett Favre to get things going in, in one other one. They did have one from Aaron Rodgers not long ago. Also, we'll hear from the big Funske. That's going to be coming up later on this afternoon. Brad Bloomberg of Media One will talk about that. But do we have things set up for the PL statement here in just a little bit, Patrick? Well, you need to turn on your microphone to make sure we all know what's going to be happening. I believe so. It's going to be kind of a crapshoot, but we're going to try it. That's all coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. 315 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. And we'll see if we can get a little closer to free here on the PNL statement. Uh, I feel bad that I, I my voice left me there uh, because that was a good story about standing out in the cold and while you're at the convenience store. Yeah, you know that you got to get out of the car and get your credit card out and get the nozzle running and all that, and you know, and then it clicks off. You got to get back out. Uh, it's just horrible, horrible. And then I had to go to the bathroom. It always happens when it's cold like that. You have to get out and, you know, when you're like all scrunched up and you're like, oh, good, now I got to pee. Well, yeah, you, that, that cold hits you and then it just seems like the bladder does <laughs> funny things when the temperature drops below zero. Yeah, we'll, we'll end, uh, but, you know, the timing's gone. The magic's gone on that story. I'll, I'll, I'll redo it sometime, you know, because it'll happen again. There'll be some iteration of that. Yeah, just kind of tuck that way. Tuck that one away in the files. Anyway, this is the time of the day when I try to go through some of the news out there. As you heard at the top of the hour, Gene Abdallah has withdrawn his name from the Board uh, of Pardons and Patrols after he got caught up in that controversy over, speaking of peeing. (laughs) Uh, So uh, the uh, Attorney General has nominated um, the, uh, uh, where is it here? I know her. She's a friend of mine. Uh, uh, I've got it. Ann Hayek. I, Ann Hayek, a friend of mine. Her daughter has been on this show, Casey Hayek. And uh, so she'll be on the board of pardons and paroles. You know, this is this is probably a good thing. I, I said when it broke that he should, that Mr. Abdallah should probably step aside. We're never going to know what was really said. He still denies it. But I was more disturbed really by his reaction than anything, which wasn't good. So, Ann Hayek is on the uh, Board of Pardons and Paroles, probably, instead of Gene Abdallah. Speaking of words, uh, apparently, according to the AP, Trump aides debate which version of the vulgarity Trump uttered. Uh, so we know the, uh, the, the, the whole issue of what the president called African countries in Haiti during that immigration uh, meeting. 
has been roiling around, and now he says he didn't say that, and other people are saying that's not what I heard. Well, it turns out the debate in the White House amongst staff is whether he used whole or house, and it's sort of given plausible deniability because what was came out was whole. And now the the aides are arguing over it, so that's gonna you know that's gonna keep going. That this is a great debate, isn't it? Is it whole? Is it house? <laughs> Does it matter? No. The sentiment is pretty much the same. But what I want to talk about a little bit today, if I can, is a new book actually by David Frum. Uh, and Mr. Frum is the senior editor at The Atlantic, and his book is called The Trumpocracy, The Corruption of the American Republic. And the reason I, I, li- I like David Frum, he's a, uh, a leading conservative intellectual and journalist in this country. He is one of a handful of writers that I try and pay attention to because I, I just like his uh, thoughts on issues and politics. He's, uh, he comes from a place of informed conservatism, and he's a researcher, and he pays attention. He knows what's going on. He was a speechwriter for George Bush during and after the 9-11 attacks, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he coined the axis of evil phrase or was involved with that. He was on uh, uh, On Point program this morning on public radio and, and talking about his book and the Trump presidency, and he was very good. Uh, but if you listen to him for any period of time, and I hope to read the book. It just came out today. You leave a little disturbed because one of the points that he makes is that many of the scandals that have come out of the White House, uh, you know, whether it's accepting information from foreign countries regarding elections, doing business with people connected to foreign governments, these things aren't necessarily illegal. All right. There's no real illegality here. There's no crime if some of these things are true. But they're outside of the accepted practices of an American democracy, not against any laws. I suspect that Mr. Froome's book, like his writings for The Atlantic and elsewhere, will be a well-reasoned explanation of why the actions of this administration are doing terrible damage to the institutions of government in this country, of the traditions of our self-government. Because... I mean, he told an interesting story, and this was so somebody in the uh, uh, Bush campaign in 2000 had leaked uh, information to the Gore campaign, and it came in an envelope, and the Gore campaign returned it unopened, which, as Mr. Froome said, was probably more sporting than they needed to be. Um, and but it it represents a tradition. I mean, they could open it; not any laws broken. But it's tradition, and it's the it's the essence of self government, isn't it? We are governing ourselves, after all. In fact, his book will probably be so well reasoned and researched, and expressed that it will be immediately discounted by the roiling Trumpian sycophants in government and media these days. Just another member of the East Coast elite club pushing back against the average people, which, you know, is absurd. and demonstrates just how far we've fallen. Facts have always been a bit fleeting in a debate, a public debate in this country, 
But the outright expulsion of any sort of objective measure in today's discourse really should frighten all thinking citizens. Froome said today that it could take a generation to repair what Trump had already done to the American Republic and the traditions of self-government under which we've lived for nearly 250 years. We don't think, we don't read, we don't really care about the truth. Do we? Doesn't seem like it. Doesn't seem like it to me anyway. I, I recommend, I follow Mr. Froome on Twitter. And to be honest, that's where I first came in contact with him. I find him quite good and thoughtful, as I said. And somebody you can listen to, take ideas from, um, try and use for your own internal debate about what's right and what's wrong. And he's a, he's a true blue conservative. Like Bill Crystal, he's another one I like a lot. Um, and what you're supposed to do is take all this together, apply it to your world, your knowledge, your beliefs, your system, and come up with reasoned decisions and vote and express your opinion. But I don't expect that's what's going to happen with this book or any of the other books that will come out. I'm sure Mr. Froome will be attacked by the Trumpians. And I, and that makes me sad. But I'm going to read the book. I also am going to read Fire and Fury. Try and read some of the others that come out. There'll be There's several of them coming soon, from what I understand. And we're going to learn more and more and more. And at some point, the attacks will have to ring hollow because what I want to know is where my country's going, who's leading it, and under what guise, under what philosophy, under what principles. I have no interest in pledging loyalty to another human being. I thought it was interesting in this interview today, a caller asked Mr. Froome why she should believe him now when he was part of the build-up to the war and everything else. And he said, you shouldn't. You should never believe other people. Really. You're not putting your trust in people. You're putting your faith in principle, in self-government, and in freedom. I added that last bit. So, we'll see. I look forward to the book. I hope that we can take a turn and start talking about things other than whole versus house. That's the bottom line on the PNL today. Agree or disagree with me, you can email me, patrick at kso.com. Coming up next on the program, The Common Man. This is The Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 332 on The Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And uh, I can't tell you how happy I am to have uh, my good friend, The Common Man, on the line because... uh, I, I don't know if you heard that, Common Man, but I, I sort of lost it there. I heard that. 
Yeah, so... I thought, I thought you swallowed a frog or something. So uh, I'm happy you're here because, you know, you'll just take it away from here, right? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the common man. Uh, yeah, I've never had too much trouble talking. No, 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 no. There's always been a, you know, a weakness or a strength to no, take your pick. that's right. Uh, so did you, uh, as an avowed lifelong Green Bay Packers fan, I suppose you were about to just add another brick to the wall <laughs> of Viking futility on Sunday. Well, you know, it's, you may have heard that, that they, they won the game. Did you see that? Did you I did. That? I did that see that. It, it, I think I saw something on a, on a Twitter feed somewhere. God almighty. <laughs> but bless their hearts. You know, it's, and it was good. And it, and that's good for sports, and it's good for the Vikings and their fan base because you know the, again a, a, a team so troubled you know is not so even not even so much in the past in the past it just got beat by better teams and that's just how it was <laughs> but but recently you know though those those killer games and you know against the Falcons and the Seahawks and those I mean those were just just bad bad NFL breaks so for them to get this break going the other way. It, you know, it's it's good and it's good for them, and I think I'm going to root for them going forward. No, it, it's true. Is that allowed in your family? Will they you be like ostracized? No, no. I I think as as a whole, we we're, we're, we're that's going to be our position. I believe, and and you might ask why. I would ask why, <laughs> emphatically. Why? <laughs> well, I, I think it and it's selfish actually because I think if the Vikings actually finally win a Super Bowl. It might make their fans tolerable. Oh, you think? Because they've had more than their fair share of bad breaks in over recent years. And it's made them weird and neurotic. You know? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like the guy in high school that you knew way back when or in college. You know, he couldn't get a date no matter what. Could not get a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Couldn't do it. So, you know, they become this horrible, you know, sort of behavioral combo meal of Passive aggression, desperation, mixed with a soul-crushing, defeatist pessimism. <laughs> you know, they're the type of person whose outer voice says, "Yeah, well, the Packers suck," but in their inner voice goes, "But we suck worse." <laughs> <laughs> so I just I want them to win in hopes that it'll calm them down a little bit. Also, you know, it wouldn't ha- it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for them to beat Philly? I mean, is there anybody worse than Philadelphia? No. Well, yeah, I mean that's they caught a, a nice break there because you know the Eagles are the team that they're probably going to have an easier time beating. But can you imagine? You know, they won, and then they got to play the Super Bowl in their home field, and they won that Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. It would be sort of like giving an entire state, an entire fan base, a Super Bowl sized Xanax. <laughs> You know, I can just see him going around, you know, next year. Hey, you know what? Hey, hey, you guys are six and 10. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't you know, matter. Yeah, that's fine. We won the Super Bowl, home stadium. How do you like them apples? <laughs> in you a know, sense, it's, it's a little bit like Twins fans. I think all of us, even back in 87 and 91, you know, if you lived through the Calvin Griffith years, you're going, there's no way the Twins are ever going to win the world. Oh, and they did. So you really didn't have it. couldn't really ask for anything after that because it was so unconscionable that it would actually happen. Yeah. And it did. Yes, and now we're all fine. Yeah, it's fine. You know, oh, hey, we had a good season in the wild card. Way to go. <laughs> mm. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, you, you, you turn into a much more positive person once you've been to the mountaintop. You know, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. You can act like you've been there before. Yeah, it's just not that big a deal. You find out you know, the day when the Packers won the Super Bowl in 2010, I was like, yeah, okay, this is great. This is one. And I woke up the next morning, it was still cold. <laughs> I was not able to walk across water. People did kind of lose their minds, though. I mean, it's still going on, the the circulation of the reaction. You know what I mean? It's oh. like compilations of reactions. Yeah, and that's got to stop. This, this stuff with recording uh, Twitter reactions and you know, these things, it's just got to stop. I mean, first off, I mean, the practice of, of capturing that, somebody holding the phone, is all it does is it, you see these guys, you know, rolling around on the floor, kicking doors, throwing their televisions out the window. I mean, even good or bad, I think the camera encourages this buffoonery. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I, said, I don't remember, you know, our dads doing that. No. I was like, hmm, well, guess we won. Eh, you know, lawn. Did, yeah, did Neil Armstrong shotgun a beer when he landed on the moon? Did Edmund Hillary no. and Tenzing Norgay, you know, did they? <laughs> no, they did not do any of those things. <laughs> they jump up and down like a couple of teenage girls at a Justin Bieber concert. No. Actually, actually now not. if there's something big would happen on the space station, it probably would be on Twitter. They would probably would be shotgunning a beer. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, but that's just, it's just not right. And I think that, you know, well, the problem with it too is, is that teams encourage that. You know, it's it's yep. that's the culture it, now. You know? say, oh yes, go crazy, go crazy, go crazy, and then something bad happens. You know, some fight breaks out in the stands. You know, mm-hmm. some you know some guy misses that tackle. That kid will get killed for the next six months. You know, and, and, and they, the poor guy gets crushed by the fan base on Twitter and here and there. And the, all of a sudden, the team is, and then the NFL starts clutching their pearls and going, oh, "Why you people are so unbalanced? <laughs> what? What? Oh my God! Why are you like this? You, you, my, you people need to settle down." Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, after, after you just had like the basically the Nuremberg rally with the skull chance. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come, on. come on! Oh, really? They had the Nuremberg rally with the skull chant. That was, you know, it was. I mean, that's it's that's a little creepy. I mean, <laughs> let's go. Okay, we'll go Orwellian then. I mean, it's a, it's yeah, a okay. little one-minded, little goofy when you get seventy thousand people. Oh, you know, the other parts are Viking fans, so half of them are missing. <laughs> um, or offbeat. <laughs> No, there was a lot of that. It's like, <laughs> did you happen to see though? There's a a series of like three or four photos of uh, uh, the Saints coach there. That thug, what's his oh, name? Uh, well, Sean Payton. Sean Payton. Yeah. yeah uh, after they kicked that field goal to go ahead with 20 seconds left or whatever it was, turned around and did the skull thing to the crowd. Oh, oh yeah. Eey. You know, and, you know, in in. Thing about him is he's kind of kind of gone against the, the grain of that a little bit. Usually, as coaches get older, yeah. they get kind of mellow. They get a little more perspective. They've seen a few things. They've won some games, lost some games. They understand it's you know you're playing a, a child's game. Mm-hmm. He's gotten weirder and more <laughs> yeah. obnoxious as he's gotten older. And yeah. I will guarantee you that Tom Landry would have never done the skull chant in mock of the Vikings uh, no. at any time. No, at no time would that have ever happened, Dan. Not that, that is a very good point. He wouldn't have scolded anything. He just set his jaw a little harder. That's right. Ah. Grit his, his teeth and come up with some grim determination to, to 
get his vengeance. Yeah, exactly. In a proper well, fashion. And Bud Grant wouldn't have done that either. Oh, well, half the time they had to point Bud towards the field. <laughs> I mean, that's Bud games over here. Oh, oh what? What? I heard some. You know, when he walked out on the field uh, uh, to, for the coin toss when they were playing outside at uh, the the Gopher Stadium yeah. that time. That was, you know, it was pretty cool. <laughs> Somebody said. Uh, yeah, well, Bud Grant walked out without his shirt on. That's because he forgot his coat. <laughs> Bud doesn't know where he's at. <laughs> That's sad. <laughs> uh, it's been fun, but we'll we'll watch again this weekend. It'll be fun. Hey, I got a quick joke for you. If you oh, do time. you? Right on. Yeah, and it kinda, it's, it's part of the theme. Uh, let's see. I'm gonna, what do Minnesota Vikings fans, what's the difference between Minnesota Vikings fans and mosquitoes? I don't know. Mosquitoes are only annoying in the summertime. Oh, nice touch well there done, by Dan. Uber producer Dan Peters. Uh, <laughs> Common Man, thank you for letting me rest my voice a little bit. I appreciate it. Hey, you bet. Anything I can do to help. See you soon. See ya. Coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show, we're going to talk to Brad Blomberg from Media One about the fun ski this weekend. That's all next on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. 344 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. And uh, we bring in Brad Blumberg of Media One in Sioux Falls here because Media One has been the longtime organizer and sponsor of Funski. And Funski is this weekend. Brad, are you all fired up? Yeah, thanks for having me, uh, Patrick. It's uh, kind of a crazy week here at Media One trying to get ready for the event, but we're excited. The weather's uh, warming up and uh, we're getting ready to go. It's uh, it has. I do. How many years has it been now? Because it's a lot. This is the, 20, this is the 29th annual Media One Fun Ski. Uh, the first year was actually 1989, uh, and it was held at Riverview Tree Farm uh, down near Canton at that point, back in the the beginning. And it was really uh, basically just a bunch of people cross country skiing. I mean, that's essentially what it was, right? Yeah, I mean, at that time, uh, cross-country skiing was kind of gaining popularity. Uh, there wasn't as many people into the biking scene and some of the other activities that are available now. So there was uh, those first couple of years of the event, there was over 70 cross-country skiers, if you can believe that, uh, that showed up for some of those early events. So uh, it was kind of a, a passion and a, and a big deal uh, at the time. And uh, I think it's kind of making a comeback uh, if we could get some more snow yeah, <laughs> consistently. Yeah. Um, and your your family's been into uh, the Nordic arts for uh, quite a while, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, fun ski uh, grew out of uh, my dad's passion for for cross country skiing, and then uh, that passion helped meet the need for uh, raising money at Children's Inn. So, you know, the Media One Fun Ski was kind of born out of passion to meet meet a need at the time. Yeah, and so it's Friday and Saturday at Great Bear, and uh, the recreation village there just east of Sioux Falls on the east side. And that uh, had to be, because I, I, I remember some tough years for fun ski when there was no snow. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. so moving to Great Bear was a was a big uh, coup for you guys. Yeah. Um, the, the folks that operated Riverview, uh, the area down there, um, I think we're kind of getting out of uh, the business of trying to 
keep cross-country ski trails groomed in, in challenging snow conditions. And also there wasn't a bridge to cross the river there uh, in, to get to some of the trails. So that was a challenge. But, uh, yeah, Great Bear uh, stepped up and, and was a perfect spot to move the event to. So it kind of allowed the organizers at the time to adapt and add new activities and, and kind of grow grow the thing. So, uh, And it's really big now. So it's two days um, and there is skiing, but tell us, uh, the, the list of stuff that's going on, just sort of fill us in on everything that's going to be happening out there this weekend. Yeah. So Friday afternoon, things kind of kick off. Uh, we're going to have all, uh, the snow sculpture blocks will be set and ready to go for snow, snow carving teams. Uh, so there'll be a bunch of people out there, uh, with tools kind of chiseling and shaping, uh, big snow blocks, uh, in the snow sculpture contest, uh, later that night, uh, KSFY will be there broadcasting the news live at 5 and 6 from a snow news desk. That's always uh, really cool. Yeah. So, And then after that, we have uh, snow tube races. Uh, there's a, a rail jam uh, up in the terrain park for snowboarders and skiers. A rail uh, jam. Uh, Brad, what's a rail jam? Uh, so it's like a competition uh, where... People do tricks and slide on the, the rails that they have up in the terrain park. So it's uh, it's just a mix of, of jumping and uh, you know landing on a rail and sliding and, and executing different tricks to kind of score points on a on a snowboard, sort of like a, uh, a skateboard situation. Yeah, it's mainly snowboarders that participate, but there is a skier category too that uh, will probably have five to ten competitors so but yeah there's normally about 30 to 40 competitors up there in the terrain park uh, wow. competing at that event L- there are a lot of uh, skiing that would sounds hard on the, that sort of situation uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i gotta keep the skis together for it sure scares me yeah there's uh kind of the daredevils up there yeah doing that that's cool and what else going on uh so it'd be kind of like a a post party in the the lodge in Chile will do awards for all the events on Friday night and award winners to the snow sculpture contest. And then Saturday we kick off uh, bright and early at eight fifteen with a fat tire bicycle race. So we're we're watching the weather for that to see how the snow is going to hold up. You know, if it's really warm, it'll be challenging to mm-hmm. to run the the bikes across the, the ski hill. So we're looking at options there, but we'll have that event e- either way. Uh, and then uh, we have skiing. Uh, racing, uh, downhill races at one. We have snowboard racing starting at three. Uh, there's also uh, a kickball tournament that will be going on down uh, on a, some property just adjacent to the ski hill. In the and snow, then, dude, that sounds a little dangerous too. <laughs> For a guy like you know, me, that's Achilles tendon waiting to go. <laughs> I would say that the kickball event is the one event that once the people show up there and start playing. And they yeah. probably have the most fun of, of any of the events, honestly. Um, yeah. It's just uh, a different atmosphere out there. The snow adds a little bit of a, an equalizer to things. So, uh, And then the final event is the zippy sled races, which is kind of like a shovel sled uh, down the main hill, which is, is fun to watch. People oh my. flying all over the place. Uh, so, yeah, there's, there's a lot going on, and it's a, a great event to come spectate at if you, if you aren't going to participate and you just want to kind of – what's going on um so yeah there's all sorts of opportunities what is a uh a, a border cross skier cross ski what is that yeah so that's the other event that's happening on saturday morning and that's a combination of, of racing around gates but also adding in the element of 
ramps, jumps, uh, and that kind of stuff. So your your typical uh, ski or snowboard race would just be for time around a a set course of gates. Well, the skier cross and the border cross, that that adds the element of, of like jumps and or bumps and some other, you know, banked turns and that kind of stuff where, where people go all together. So there'd be like four people at the same time competing against each other. Uh, first man down, first man or woman down wins. <laughs> However you get there. Uh, However you get there. Yeah, that sounds fun. So do you know how much uh, money you have raised over the years for the Children's Inn? Yeah, so Funski has raised over $850,000 uh, that goes directly to the operating budget for Children's Inn. You know, this year uh, we're, we're over $30,000 so far uh, just from our, our sponsors, our core sponsors. Um, and we're, we're looking to have, you know, one of our most successful fundraising years here in, in probably the last five or ten years. So we've got a good, good start this year. And so how do you raise the money? I mean, is, do I pay, I pay to enter all these things, right? Yeah. So if you, any, any dollar that you spend to enter a fun ski event goes directly to the operating budget of children's and it's uh, just a direct pass through. Uh, and then we also have some long-term sponsorship, which uh, there's opportunities for different levels of, of sponsorship that uh, go with uh, all the fun ski sponsors. So yeah, a dollar, a dollar donated goes right to the, the operating budget. Uh, and so also the other thing is if we want to spectate, you can do this from the creature comforts of the warmed chalet. Correct. Uh, and, and this weekend, it looks like you won't, you won't need to be inside. So you can uh, check out the new deck at the, at the lodge at Great Bear or, you know, hang out over in the area where the snow blocks are and it'll be a, a good vibe no matter where you're at. Yeah, it does look perfect. I think the t- temps are going to be in the 30s and 40s, but it'll be cold enough overnight to keep the snow nice and crisp, right? And they'll make snow yeah. for you? Yeah, there's plenty of snow at Great Bear. Uh, the conditions will be fine. There'll be some challenges just from an, an event uh, standpoint. Um, we'll have to keep the KSFI snow news desk wrapped in a, a concrete blanket to make sure that holds up. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it'll be good. Um, and, and the event will go on. Um, so can people still, you need volunteers. I mean, you talked about it. So there's a lot of events here. Can people still help you out? Uh, we're pretty much covered for volunteers right now, but, uh, there's plenty of opportunities to come out and, you know, donate if you mm-hmm. want to donate or get in touch with the, the people from Children's Inn who mm-hmm. will be, uh, there and, and to discuss needs that they have for other opportunities or, or other items on their, their want list or wish list uh, where people can donate stuff yeah. that will you know, go to directly helping people. You can donate your money. Yes. <laughs> you can volunteer your cash. Um, so uh, if I want, there's a lot going on. Where can I see the schedule of stuff so I can go figure out what I want to go to and, or participate in? Yeah, you're going to want to go to funski.org, and that shows uh, the schedule of events and, and, and timing for those events. Now, all the events will be taking place except it will not be likely that the cross-country ski race will actually happen. There just is not going to be enough snow oh, for us yeah. to, to have that event. But uh, all the other events should be full speed ahead. Outstanding. Brad Blumberg, he is with Media One, and uh, they, Media One sponsors and organizes the Fun Ski this weekend. Brad, have a great weekend. Thanks for the call, Patrick. Coming up later on the Patrick Lally Show, we're going to talk to Brian Allen, the big-time anchor over at KSFY Television. 
That's all coming up on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. This is a public service announcement with guitar. No, you're right. 3.57 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. And I do have a public service announcement. And that is, the Greater Sioux Falls Boat, RV, and Camper Show is also this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at the Sioux Empire Fairgrounds. Campers, motorhomes, boats, ATVs, and more. The Greater Sioux Falls Outdoor Show features everything that you can imagine for a lover of the outdoors. And you can stay warm doing it. It's a great show. It's always fun. Event times Friday, 2 p.m. to 8 p.m. Saturday, 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Sunday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. That's at the Expo Center at the fairgrounds. That's a big, big building. You can wander around there all day. Admission is $7 for adults. Children 12 and under are free. So take the family out there and enjoy the day. If you've, uh, you know, you can go out to Great Bear and hang out there and watch some stuff. Then go to the boat show and hang out there and hang out. There's RVs and campers and everything. It'll be a gas. What a great way to spend the weekend. Coming up in the second hour of the Patrick Lally Show, we're going to talk briefly with Alex Alisi of KDLT Weather and get just the, the facts of the matter on what we're going to be dealing with. And then we'll have the big-time anchor Brian Allen from KSFY-TV. I'd like to have Brian on every once in a while just to chat about the news and broadcasting and what's going on in the world. We always enjoy it. That's coming up next, so stay tuned. After the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters, it's the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And welcome back to the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. And I am quite pleased to have back in the studio for return engagement, the man himself, the <laughs> Brian Allen from KSFY-TV, anchor of the 5, 6, and 10 for a decade now. Brian, thank you for coming down to the studio. Checks in the mail for that introduction, sir. Thank you. It's getting better. Yeah. I've been working on it, cleaning it up a little bit. <laughs> Uh, so we like to have Brian in from time to time to chat about the world of news and broadcasting and uh, all that kind of stuff. The really, you know, the high level questions of the day, right? I mean, that's sure. what we do. Yeah. yeah, that's what we do. So we're going to start with uh, uh, the Vikings. Oh boy! <laughs> I tell you what, I tell you what, that is in this neck of the woods. That is high ranking news. It is the idea. I mean, how many years? If you follow the Vikings, how many years has a play like that happened? And it's happened. To us mm-hmm. and not for us. Mm-hmm. That was part of the joy of it. it. Was just the shock of oh my gosh, this amazingly random thing happened, and it's going in our favor, which never happens. No. And and now you grew up in uh, Iowa, yep, Des Moines, Iowa, yep. uh, which is a fractured fan base. Did oh you become a Vikings fan when you started working in Sioux City and Sioux Falls? And That's all that? really yeah where it started. Growing up, I was a Chicago Bears fan, so I remember the glory days of Jim McMahon and Walter Payton and mm-hmm. Refrigerator Perry and 
Mike Singletary and, oh, yeah, the Chicago Bears. There's a pretty deep Chicago affiliation down there, Big whether time. it's the Bulls or, well, the Cubs because of the AAA team. Oh, sure, sure. So, the Iowa Cubs, I go every year. Oh, it's a great stadium. It's an awesome stadium. And did you know, and you probably did, the owner of the Iowa Cubs is Michael Gartner. Still? Still. Former president of NBC News. Yep. And yeah. uh, former page one editor at the Wall Street Journal. True story. And uh, owned uh, uh, the Ames Tribune for yeah. a while. Yeah. I don't know if he still does. I'm not sure if he does either. No, but uh, a, a, a long and storied history in journalism. In fact, I think he won a Pulitzer for I editorial think so as well. Writing. I yep. think so as well. And when you think about his history, this makes this story all the more interesting. Mm-hmm. You will go down to an Iowa Cubs game, and you'll see Michael Gartner walking around during the game, chatting with people. And you'll see him, like, picking up random trash and throwing it away. Yeah. And you're like, this guy's Michael Gartner, you know? <laughs> he has a Pulitzer. I know. Order somebody to do that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's a, it's a great story, and it's uh, really fun to go to a game down there. People yeah. probably don't think about it much Mm-mm. because it's just out of our kind of sphere right if you're going to go to a triple a game you go see the royals you know oh, or yeah. uh you go up to the cities and you go to the the you know obviously the twins but sure. also the saints or something like that uh-huh. but it's a if you're if you've got uh, a weekend and you want to go catch a ball game in a different place it's a perfect place to it go. is and the stadium's right on the rivers yeah oh so good yeah I used to be able to see it from the uh, iowa capitol my my desk in the senate up there right on a nice warm april afternoon oh. and you look down and oh Normal people are watching baseball games. And I'm on deadline. <laughs> type, 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 type. Stuck in this place. <laughs> uh, but that's not why we're here today. So, the, But the Vikings, just to sum that up. Oh. You, you lose it? Did you lose it when the, all that happened? We were watching it live, all of us, and there's eight of us in the family. And when, when Diggs made that catch, and then it became clear that he was going to run, and there was nobody to stop him, mm-hmm. we were on our feet yelling ben was asleep we woke ben up he started to cry we felt bad about that <laughs> he fell back to sleep we gave high fives all around the living room quiet yes, yes. <laughs> do not wake him up again but isn't this great <laughs> so ben is how old now four months as of two days ago wow how's he doing oh he's awesome are you back to sleeping he's well awesome. and all that no oh okay good no no, I'm not sure when that'll happen, but when it does, it'll be a happy day. It really, it really, really will. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, so the Vikings thing is something you guys are covering a lot, just mm-hmm. like everybody else. Yeah. Uh, have you done the story on, are we just setting ourselves up for the big fall? No. <laughs> that's later this week? <laughs> no, that, that might be later this week. That's cool. That's, that's, like, that's, like, that's like the evil you don't speak of yet. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Know? That's right. Now, uh, Brian Allen, uh, anchor of the 5, 6, and 10 o'clock news and often field reporter, as if that wasn't enough, you've got a new little show you're doing yeah. on yep. Sunday nights. Tell us about that. Sunday night. So it's, it's, a, it's a 15-minute segment that airs uh, at 1030 following KSFY News at 10 on Sunday nights. And it's called This Week in Politics. And what we're going to try to do through the length of the legislative session, at least, is to to sit down with those that are right in the mix of making things happen and talk to them about what their priorities are and, and why they think these should be priorities and what's the realistic chance that, that the cause they're championing will be picked up on and actually acted upon. Because you know how Peer works or how mm-hmm. Des Moines works. You can have an idea that sounds like the greatest thing in the world, but if you don't have those that share the political will, you will go nowhere fast. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, this last Sunday we spent uh, a good deal of time talking with uh, Republican House Speaker Mark Mickelson. And we also spoke with the Democratic Minority Leader of the Senate, Billy Sutton. Um, and it was, it was a real pleasure to sit down with those guys and just have some, 
you know, a little bit of an uninterrupted block of time yeah. just, just to really talk about things and let ideas get out there and let them marinate a little bit. Yeah, you, you just don't get that chance in no. TV very often. No, you have, to make it, you have to make a concerted effort to make that happen, and I'm glad that we are. So every Sunday night now, during the legislative session, you're mm-hmm. going to be doing this. Right. And then keep doing it, or you don't know? Not sure yet. Yeah. Not well, sure cool. yet. It does get kind of dead at times. <laughs> it can. Uh and you could expand topics, certainly. But boy, oh my gosh, given the political climate we have right now, right. if you have a show like this, it's kind of the gift that keeps on giving. Right. Because you, there's you a could do just uh, update every week on oh, yeah. what's going on in the governor's race. Going on in the governor's race? What's going on in Washington? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's going on in Sioux Falls? We have that mayoral election that's going to heat up yes. here at some point. Oh, I think that's heated up. Yeah. It's it's here. It's on us. All the offices have opened up. Uh, we're, we'll talk about the mayor's race a little bit later, yeah. but I did notice that the... Ten Haken office opened up right across the street from the Entenmann office on Minnesota Avenue. Oh, so yeah. there we go. Yeah. I mean, I think it was coincidence, just purely coincidence. But that's where the space was. Yeah, exactly. You can't uh, you can't walk away from empty space. Um, <laughs> so uh, your show ten thirty at night. Uh, do you know what's coming up? Do you have any ideas for what's got coming up this Sunday? Well, it, it, I have some around? ideas for what's coming up. It yeah. Just we're going to get to the point here probably later today where we finalize. Okay, this Sunday we're going to go with this. Mm-hmm. Next Sunday we're going to go with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the type of thing where, and you you just generally know me. I'm kind of a Type A personality. Mm-hmm. I want things buttoned up mm-hmm. so we can do the best job possible. You do things last minute, there's a chance to get sloppy, and you, the product doesn't look like you want it to look. Right. So. It's tough with the legislature, too, and, and we talk about how the geography of peer oh, yeah. makes it tough, uh, Has I think, in large measure affects the kind of policy we get because there really is so little examination. It's such a small town. But from a coverage standpoint, you're doing mm-hmm. a show like this, it, it's tough to get people because, on the whole, they're out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. If you want to talk to them, in large part, you have to make the decision that you're going to to jump in the car and go. Yep. And I've never had a problem with that. No, you like to travel. You oh, like yeah. to go out in the field. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's part of the job. It should be part of the job that that if you do what I do, you just don't sit there and read, but you you go out there and you you get a camera crew and you talk to the people that that make things happen or, or that are involved in in topic A, topic B. So, so for this show, the first show, mm-hmm. you actually went to Pier. Yeah. For the t- just for the two interviews. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. That's a commitment, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. It is. Um, but if you're going to cover the legislature and it is where it is, mm-hmm. you know, you have two choices. You can say, uh, maybe I'll just write up a quick story. Right. Or you can make the trip and, and you can spend some time talking to the lawmakers. And I think that's where I think that's where we want to be. I think that's what we want to do. And is it a haul? Yeah. Is it worth it? I would argue yeah. And uh uh how was it? How was uh, you did it and like get up in like three o'clock in the morning situation? So you're back to sit in the chair at five? <laughs> no, okay, no, uh, I didn't. Uh, when we went to pier, I didn't anchor any shows that day. Yeah, I just, well, had, I just, see? yep, I just had the day to to go and and track these folks down and 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 have uh, a good discussion with them. Yeah. The other thing, it's hard to do. You can't do like three shows while you're out there because by the ten days later, stuff could all be wrong. Right. Right. And so if you're going to do something like this, which is just the whole point of journalism, mm-hmm. you know, is to have that relevancy, passage of time can change your relevancy. Yeah. A lot of hap- a lot can happen in a legislative setting in one day, let alone seven. Well, that sounds like must-see TV for me, so I'll have to uh-huh. either like, get that on the DVR or actually sure. stay up till 1030. Well, I think oh, you can do I, it. I can do that. Can do I, that. I, that's in mind. Uh, that's <laughs> This Week in Politics, that's yep. what it's called, KSFY. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, that's 13 on your uh, over the air mm-hmm. and and uh, it was seven seven on the midco cable is that and, what it is and number one in your heart and number yeah. one in my heart um, <laughs> that's every Sunday night at 10:30 uh, with Brian Allen we're going to come right back and talk more with Brian about stuff in the news the legislature the city uh, all kinds some maybe some beer that's all coming up next on the Patrick Lally show information 1000 KSOO. And welcome back to the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And we uh, return to our conversation with Mr. Brian Allen. He is the anchor, the big-time anchor of the 5, 6, and 10 o'clock news over at KSFY TV, the hardest-working man in local media. Uh, Brian, uh, we just we were touching earlier on your, your new program. Yeah. Um, but honestly, uh, that runs 1030 Sunday nights inside politics, or this week in politics, mm-hmm. When do you sleep? You how how many hours a week do you work? You seem like you're you're doing three newscasts. You're out in the field. You're doing this. You're doing that. You got eight kids or whatever it is. Six. Six. I'm oh, sorry. Feels six like kids. Eight. Um. <laughs> you uh, time management. Yeah. A good use of time. Yeah. Um. In a, in a perfect world, good use of time. Uh. Yeah. I mean, the the hours get long every once in a while, but I've got the good fortune of doing something that I really like doing really enjoy doing i really believe in doing it and doing it well and it's that doing it well part that takes the time but if you're going to put something out there for people to watch and this is what i tell folks in our newsroom all the time especially the new people that join us if you're going to ask people to spend some time with you which is what we do uh give them something of value to watch absolutely and uh if you're just going through the motions People aren't going to watch. No. I mean, they tell. They can sense authenticity, right? You hope so. Yeah. You hope so. Given uh, the the crowded media climate that we have right now and having to compete with social media and the idea of if people want quick information, it's there. If you're going to ask them, hey, not only spend some time with me, but but sit down and really pay attention, Mm -hmm. let's make sure that, that, that what we're doing honors that time commitment that we're asking our viewers to make. Do you go back and watch it every night? Do you critique it every night? No. Do you, how often do you do that? Or do you just let it go and you can't, you can't think about it? I again? learned a long time ago, Patrick, to, to let it go. Um, in the lead up to a big story that I'm putting on the air or a newscast, for me personally, that is, just, that is fraught with worry and concern and just wind it to be as good as possible. Mm-hmm. But once it hits the air and it's gone, it's gone. You've either done your job or you haven't. And having that hindsight in retrospect is good. I'm not saying that I don't ever right. go back and watch. But I learned a long time ago that I was going to enjoy my life more if I didn't <laughs> sweat everything all the time. Yeah. And it's hard for me to do. It's hard for me to, to let that go because I believe in what I do. And I believe in honoring our viewers. But yeah, I mean, you can, you can just get so ratcheted up that, you, that it just becomes a, a 24-7, 365 worry fest. Yeah. I think one of the things that I've always liked about uh, you is that you are authentic. Um, well, thank you, you. You're not putting on an act as Anchorman. That's you. Yeah. And also... Never did anything to, you know, try and no plugs, no toop, no nothing. Just accept who you are. I appreciate exactly. that. Well, thank you. Uh, and that's tough to do in TV, isn't it? It can be. It can be. Um, 
But, you know, it, it's, just that, it's just that golden rule of do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Mm-hmm. And just the idea of when I encounter people in everyday conversation, everyday life, you know, I just, I, I take them for who they are. And I want them to do the same for me. Yeah. It's a good way to go. Even TV. Well, thank uh, you. All journalism. Sure. Because, you know, egos can get in the way pretty fast. They and can. That, and you see that. They can. But I, I, I find that that happens when people focus more on the TV yep. than they do the news yep. part of it. Yep. I mean, if you're, if you're a journalist, if that's your heart, if that's your core, then there's no ego about it. It's just your job yeah. to, to factually report the things that are happening in the world around you. Um. We're here with Brian Allen. He is the anchor of the 5, 6, and 10 o'clock news at KSFY TV. If you didn't already know that, mm-hmm. uh, the we've been watching the uh, legislature, obviously. We talked yeah. about you having the uh, speaker on. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it seems like uh, there's a couple of big issues facing us. There's always a lot, but the, the big one's money, money every year. Um, what's, what's your sense from the uh, talking to the speaker and uh, Billy Sutton and some others about you know, how severe is it? What are we talking about here? There, there is a, in terms of, in terms of the budget shortfall. Yeah. And just like, are we still, are we, you know, what's the fear level? I'm not sure if it's a fear level. I think it's a disappointed level of acceptance that this has happened again. Mm -hmm. That once again, we're in another year where sales tax revenue projections were off and they weren't off just by a little. They were off by a lot. This is a $34 million hole. Uh, But acceptance in the fact of, I think, the idea of, yeah, we're in the hole, but we've got the rainy day fund, and it's there for us to use it. I mean, there's a gnashing of the teeth among lawmakers in the sense of, because this has happened again, there's probably going to be no raises for state employees. Mm -hmm. There's going to be no extra money for Board of Regents, probably no extra money for K-12 through education, probably no extra money. And if there is just a little bit for Medicaid reimbursement, um, they're talking at length about this meth epidemic that we have here in South Dakota that is just burning through Mm -hmm. the state at a rate that if you don't invest the time to learn about it, will shock you when you do learn about it. Just the idea of what police officers and courts and state's attorneys and everything they're having to to go through because of this one thing. Um, But it it will boil down, I think, to, to the rainy day fund again. And the interesting part about that, we talked about that just a little bit off air, is the idea of, and I can't quote you the number, but there is a lot of money in that rainy day fund right now, a lot, like millions upon millions yeah, upon it's millions. tens of millions. Dollars. Right, yes. right, it is. Um, and the disappointment that, that there will be that they will have to dip into that. Yeah, because they have been loath to do that, even though, and it's not just the rainy day funds. There's also trust funds. Right. Where money has been set aside for all these different things. And so right. there is money out there, but the governor certainly is loath to tap into those things. And I think that goes against his complete philosophy. It goes against his complete philosophy, and I think part of it is pride. We have a belief in this state that we balance the budget year after year and that we do so because it's the right thing to do. This is a standard that we have that we uphold for ourselves. And the idea of essentially needing to have some help by dipping into that rainy day fund runs antithesis to what most lawmakers in peer believe mm-hmm. 
that we should not have to do this. We should be self-sustainable. And right now, because of hits to the ag economy and this continued kermuffle over what internet tax we're collecting and what internet tax we're not, how retail habits are changing. I did a sit-down interview with the governor probably seven weeks ago, and he said the rate at which consumers in this state are choosing to buy online as opposed to go to the store and buy the exact same thing. He said, that is turning the the budgeting process on its ear right now in real time. They see it happening right now. Yeah, my question, too, is, so everybody agreed to raise the sales tax half a cent to pay for teacher salaries. Right. Where's that money? I think that at some point people are going to start to uh, lose a little bit of faith in that process and i don't know what that means whether i mean it's not like they're going to turn around and start going to your corner store just because of that right but that's where that money went Mm -hmm. you you gave it to amazon or whatever and now Mm -hmm. we apparently are collecting from amazon but there's a whole raft of places out there that that don't pay sales tax yeah there's a whole bunch of stores that are looking south dakota right in the eye and say uh you know what it's not on the books so we're not going to voluntarily do it so sorry for you pound sand (laughs) um we're going to come right back with Brian Allen, anchor of the 5, 6, and 10 o'clock news at KSFY-TV and talk a little bit about city stuff and maybe some beer. That's all coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Welcome back to the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. And we are finishing up our conversation here with Brian Allen, anchor of the 5, 6, and 10 o'clock news at KSFY-TV for over a decade now Brian, uh, the city elections are fascinating. Yes. Um, so the last time you were in, we we ended up talking about Jolene Letcher quite right. a bit, one of the candidates, mm-hmm. uh, because she had kind of burst onto the scene. Um, now it's several weeks later; things are starting to get going. They are. What are you uh, What are you seeing out there? What do you make of it? I think it's interesting, and I've seen this in the last couple of days. You know, you mentioned that the last time I was here, we were talking about Jolene Letcher and her social media presence, and how crisp and clean and direct that was. In the last couple of days, I've seen the Jim Entman campaign beginning to take those same steps, mm-hmm. uh, investing in quality video, uh, investing in a social media presence where it looks like they're making buys to put their their stuff into the timelines of folks that maybe aren't following Entman or his campaign pages on Facebook. One, it just underpins the importance of social media in in this political age. That that waves a flag. Secondly, his message is well done. Third, I think I see it as him responding to the buzz initially generated by Jolene Letcher. And in the last couple days, I'm beginning to see billboard buys. Uh, from Paul Tenhaken as well. And the interesting thing about that, I saw this on a a digital billboard, can't remember where, but somewhere near 41st and Western. And and this isn't verbatim, but the billboard was a picture of him and it said, uh, essentially, Tenhaken knows business. And I thought that was an interesting sign because when I saw that, the first thing I thought was, is okay, right there with that short, clear message, he's speaking to Huther supporters. Mm Mm-hmm. And... And trying to peel off the old Enemon guys, you know what I mean? The yeah. Enemon might be this is is seen as this uh, was a backer of Huther through his you know Enemon only served four years on the council, but during that time was a a pretty good supporter of of the mayors. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but he has deep business roots as yes. the, as the owner of JNL Harley Davidson. He's oh, connected sure. with Make a Wish, and he's on all the boards, and he's done all the things. But what's interesting is what we're seeing from Entman right now, at least, isn't so much uh, a beating on the chest of "I'm a businessman." It is I know this city. I yeah. grew up here. I've already served, and I've got what it takes to be in the top chair. Yeah, and there's a lot to be said for this that traditional Sioux Falls middle class, not pretentious guy. Now, Mayor Huther was uh, outside the bounds of what I would say normal mayors are, which is Hanson and and, uh, um, Munson, Mm -hmm. who were that very traditional middle class guy. Mm -hmm. People just didn't know who Huther was. You know, he wasn't um, that known when he ran for mayor, and Mm -hmm. he seemed like that guy. Right. I'm not saying he's, he, but he's not that guy. <laughs> he, you know, he has a good story, but he really is a, a, a fairly wealthy man and always has been. That, generally speaking, not to make it a class thing, but it's the roots thing. Mm-hmm. The, and I think that that actually plays well for Eneman. Um And I think you'll see, and he'll, he knows that. But, but here's the thing, and, and I, think, I think you're right to a certain degree. But I think the last eight years of Huther has now changed what the expectation is for the office, mm. for the city, and for the future. And I think that the three candidates that we're talking about right now, keep in mind there's eight people in this right. race right now. Right. The three people we're talking about right now are uh, Letcher, Eneman, and Tenhagen. Two of the three of those uh, are political outsiders. The argument could be that that's kind of the Huther mold. He wasn't well-known in politics, but stepped up and wanted to lead and was ultimately successful in winning his election. Um, I'm I'm just wondering if the candidate that speaks to success and growth is the one who's going to win. Because Mm -hmm. the thing that I keep coming back to is we've had what now? Five, six record – five, six years of record construction in the city. Right. When the new mayor is elected and takes over – if that streak doesn't get extended by a year, which yeah. would be the, you know, right. then it is going to be the sky is falling. What has happened? Doom and gloom. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of pressure on that candidate. And I think the candidate that speaks most strongly to the idea of I will grab the reins and make sure our success continues, that's going to resonate. And I'm not sure if it's going to be the whole Sioux Falls Roots thing that comes through this time based on what we've seen from the Huther administration and what has happened economically here. That's an interesting, uh, that'll be an interesting social uh, examination after the election to see just what forces were at play. We never quite know yeah. because it's, it is not based on any research really, but right. you can look at voting patterns and that kind of thing. Um, and I still put Jameson in there. Obviously he's a guy, Greg Jameson, a guy with real deep roots. I was surprised when the financial reports came out that he had raised about a quarter of what Ten Haken and Eneman had. And while uh, Jolene hasn't raised any money, as much money, she just is uh, seems so much more aggressive on the free media and mm-hmm. cheap media. And, mm-hmm. But you're going to start seeing uh, from those two guys with money, a lot of TV and a lot of radio. It's coming. And a lot of print advertising. And so it'll be interesting in a month to see when we have this conversation what we think. The three that we're talking about now, and the other five that are still out there, those other five, they need to get going. Yep. And, yep. and now. And they know it. Um, 
We're here with Brian Allen. He is the anchor of the 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, and 10 o'clock news on KSFY, Channel 13 on your broadcast, 7 on the Midco Cable, and number 1 in your hearts. <laughs> um, let's uh, Before I let you go, we've got to talk about this beer thing. Yes. So, uh, that came out of nowhere. The governor says we need to up the limit on uh, craft brewers. Yeah, to make sure that they are more successful and viable and can continue to do business here and hopefully making this change. If other small breweries are thinking about starting up, this waves the flag that you've got the okay. Mm-hmm. You're going to walk into a more favorable economic climate for your business. Very interesting to see. You see what's happening in downtown Sioux Falls yep. in terms of those smaller breweries. It's like you open the place, and not like it's a, a license to print money, right? but they are successful. They seem to be. Yeah, and, and it, it really kind of falls under the outside the box for me a little bit. I was really kind of surprised when I heard the governor champion yeah. this as an economic development cause. And it's like, well, okay, that makes sense. Well, and the only brewery in the state that I know that's up against it right now is Fernson. Now, because they limits, they can the beer. They, yep. First of all, they have a big facility. Mm-hmm. They're expanding. Fernson, which is their breweries out on the north side of Sioux Falls, but they have a tap room downtown. And the whole regulation about whether you can have a tap room and all that stuff is just ludicrous. Yeah. But uh, they can, and they distribute outside of the city. And so you can see where, if they're going to be successful in the long run, they need that gone. Yes. And I wonder, they have to have been in the ear Fernson, which is owned in part by Vance Thompson, mm-hmm. in part by his son Blake, and in part by um, uh, the brewer. I, I, his name escapes me. My my bad. Blake, yeah. not Blake. Uh, but anyway, the, you know, Vance Thompson's a guy who could probably get the ear of somebody in government. Sure. So you got to imagine that that came from there. And it's 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 so interesting to see that that the concern was brought forth about this fledgling industry mm-hmm. and that there's an actual response from beer and not just a response. You've got the governor's office. The governor and the state, it, and the state address saying we need more beer. Yeah. What could be bad about that? No, no, it's, it's so, and it's, it's heartening to see all around this area, like the, the wineries that are popping up yep. and the breweries that are popping up and like this, it's, it's, it's not like a cottage business anymore. It's legit. And yep. I think the governor stepping forward like this recognizes that, that economic legitimacy, legitimacy, uh, that these businesses have. Yeah. Uh, and it's a perfect topic to go out on. Uh, Brian <laughs> Allen, anchor of the 5, 6, and 10 o'clock news at KSFY. Thanks for being here. You bet. I, I always enjoy the conversation. It me goes too. way too fast. Yeah. you got to come back real soon. Uh, anytime you need me. We'll be right back on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Four fifty-seven on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO. Hey everybody, coming up on Saturday, January twenty-seven, right around the corner. Sioux Empire on tap at the Sioux Falls Convention Center. Sample over one hundred craft beers from more than sixty breweries. Let me say that again. Sample over 100 craft beers from more than 60 breweries. So if you're a, uh, a craft beer enthusiast, this is your chance to take in the widest variety you'll probably have in the area, I'm thinking ever. Two general admission sessions to choose from, or a VIP session. There will be live music, games, and food available for purchase. 
Got to get your tickets now. Uh, this thing has sold out last year, and it'll probably sell out this year, so you're going to want to get in on it. SueEmpireOnTap.com, and you can get all the details there about what's going on. It's going to be a good time. Coming up tomorrow on the Patrick Lally Show, City Councilor Greg Neitzert will be here to talk about everything that's going on with the city, and Greg is always well-researched and uh, well-spoken, so we look forward to that. Scott Hudson will be in for Weird Friends. And Jacqueline Palfi will update us on this month's selection for the KSOO Zanbros Community Book Club. Should be a good time. I hope to hear from you all tomorrow and talk to you all tomorrow. And uh, remember, you can always touch base with us on Twitter and Facebook at P. Lally Show. It's all coming up tomorrow. We look forward to it. That and the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Sharper than a sword, and in the fun of the crowd, you see another crowd.